over the last mm, two months, maybe more, I'm not sure now when we got started, but two or three months, we've been talking about making decisions. And so many times we make wrong decisions. You ever made a wrong decision? Anybody ever made a wrong decision? Okay, several of you. Some of you haven't. That's okay. I understand. Uh, this may not apply to you this morning then, but uh, if we ever make a wrong decision, why did we make a wrong decision? How did we do that? Uh, I mean, we're smart people. We know stuff. We got some wisdom. We got a brain up here. We know how to think and figure things out, maybe even fix things every now and then. So how could we ever make a wrong decision? Well, that's what we've been looking at. Sometimes we make a decision based on these four things. Our thoughts, our feelings, our desires, and our beliefs. Well, here's what I think we ought to do. Well, here's what I feel about this. Well, here's what I want to do. Well, that's just how I believe about this. And so when we do that, that's always going to lead us in the wrong direction and make the wrong decision every single time. Because what we do is leave out what God says. Well, what about God's thoughts? What's he think about this? What about God's ways? Which way does he want us to go? What about God's will? What is his desire for us? And what about his word? What does he say about what we're thinking about deciding? And so all of that goes into this decision-making process that we get. So if we come to the point of saying, I want to do it God's way. I just want to know what God wants me to do about, and then we got to fill in the blank, don't we? Because we're trying to figure out what we're trying to make a decision on. And we got many decisions to make every single day. Some are small little things, some are big little things, but God wants to be involved in all of them. So we make no wrong decision. So if we come to the conclusion of saying, yes, I want to do it God's way. I don't know. I want to know what he thinks, what he, what his ways are, what his will, what his word says. I don't want to make a mistake in this decision I'm going to make. So how do we do that? Simple. First of all, we look at God's word. God, I'm trying to make a decision about, you know, whatever. What do you have to say about it in your word? I need some scriptures. I need some verses. I need to see, oh, there's one. Okay, you want me to do that? Okay, there's one. Oh, you don't want me to... You know, so we go through his word, we find out what he wants us to do. But also we're listening to the preaching and teaching of his word, whether it's here at church, at another church, on TV, radio, CD, whatever it is we're listening to. And we're hearing teaching, we're hearing preaching, and we're trying to make this decision. God, as I hear this teaching and preaching today, just show me. Give me something in this teaching and preaching because I'm trying to figure out what to do here. Oh, I'm hearing this. Okay, I'm hearing that. I'm getting this. But another way is through prayer and the Holy Spirit. God, I'm, I'm coming to you in prayer today because i got a decision i got to make. I don't know which way to turn. So I need you through the Holy Spirit living in me to point me in the right direction, just to show me. Point me there. Fill me with the Holy Spirit that I would understand your word and your ways and your will, and I'll know what to do about this. But then also the circumstances and events, things that are happening around us. You know, this happened and that happened. God, are you speaking through that? God, are you trying to show me something here? God, what are you saying about that? You know, so we... So put all four things together, and we get what God wants. But too many times we go back, well, here's what I think. Well, here's what I feel. Here's what I desire. And so we get this mixed-up thing going on. And sometimes we get my thoughts, my feelings, my desires, my beliefs into what I want to do and try to lead God to come and bless it. God, here's what I want to do. Don't you want me to do this? It's good. It's nice. It's it's all right. It's nothing wrong. It's nothing bad. Would, would you come on and just get involved in this and lead me here and, and take hold of this thing that I want to do and this decision I'm trying to make? We just missed it. We just blew it. <laughs> We're still trying to do it with our thoughts, our feelings, our desires, and our beliefs and get God to come bless it. And God says, if, if we're right here together with God when we're starting to make this decision, and we're trying to get him to come and, and just bless what we want to do, God, come on, it's good stuff, it's going to be all right. 
Where is God? He's staying right where He left us. Right where we left Him. Because He doesn't want to bless our decisions, our thoughts, our feelings, our desires, and our beliefs because we're going independent of Him. We're trying to do it our way, not His way. And so we step off out there and go and do what we're going to do anyway, trying to get to God can bless it. God's staying back over there and said, I won't have any part of this. You're going to tumble and you're going to fall because you try to do it on your way, your terms, your, your thoughts, your beliefs, and your desires. And I'm standing right here. So what do we do? We do this. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, that is, we want to go where God wants to go. God, I want your thoughts, your ways, your will, your word. I'm trying to make a decision based on that. Jesus says, okay, here's how we do it. If you want to come after me, you want to go where I want you to go. You want me to get out in front of you and you follow me in the way that I want you to go rather than you trying to get out in front of me, getting me to try to come to where you want me to go. If you want to come after me, after me means behind, means following. <laughs> Not getting me out in front, him following me. Come on, bless it, Jesus, bless it, Jesus. But us following him, getting after him, he says, here's what you got to do. Real simple. Deny self. My thoughts, my feelings, my desires, my beliefs, out the window, out the door. It's not about what I want, what I think, what I feel, what I desire, what I believe. So that's the first thing we got to do. Deny self. Not about me. Secondly, take up the cross daily. Take up the cross daily means to do God's will. Okay, God, I'm going to come after you. I'm following you. I'm not going to do what I want to do today. I'm going to do what you want me to do. So I'm just following you. I take up my cross daily by simply saying, where are we going right now? Okay, I'm following you. I'm taking up your cross. I'm doing going where you want me to go. I'm just following you, doing your will, your way. And then he says, just follow me. Simple. How do we know what Jesus would do? Well, start Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we find out all about Jesus. And we're following Him wherever He leads us. We're going this way? You're going that way, Jesus? Can't we go this way? No? Okay, let's go that way. And so we're just following Him wherever He leads us. And that's day by day. Day by day. So we come to the title. That's just all the introduction. We had not got there yet. The title of today's message is, What's on Your Mind, Peter? Peter was one of Jesus' disciples. Uh, he's the one that walked on water. He's the one that went up the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured in front of them. And he was always that outspoken person. You know, anytime you read about Peter, you're usually seeing him do a couple of things, like put his foot in his mouth, speak before he thinks. Do, do you ever find anybody that speaks before they think? Okay, I see. So y'all didn't have to confess, but okay, that's all right. I mean, <laughs> Uh, you know, you speak before you think, you, you put your mind in gear, your mouth in gear before your mind and stuff like that. Peter was doing that all the time. Well, this morning, it's going to get him in a lot of trouble. Because in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, the Bible says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on third day be raised to life. So at this point in the ministry, after almost three years, he's trying to tell his disciples, he's gathering around him, here's where we're going from this point forward. Here's what's going to happen in my life this point forward. We've got to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer many things, Jesus said. I'm going to be handed over to the elders, the chief priests, teachers of the law, and I'm going to be killed, he said. I'm going to be executed on the cross. But hold on, he said, 
wait a minute, on the third day, I'm going to be raised back to life. And so he's trying to teach them, tell them, explain to them all this. Well, he's at, right in the middle of it. I mean, next verse, right in the middle of Jesus saying all that, Peter, here we go, Peter, <laughs> took him aside. You know, it's like there's the 12 disciples, there's Jesus. Jesus, come here. Come away from all them. Just, just Me and you, just come over here, Jesus. Took him aside and began to rebuke him. And he said, never, Lord, this will never happen to you. Here's Peter, a disciple, a follower of Jesus, rebuking the Lord, the Master, the Savior, Jesus. And so we think, Peter, what are you thinking? Why would you even say that to Jesus? You really seriously rebuking Jesus and saying, never, Lord, this will never happen to you? After he's explaining to you how this is going to work, where we're going to go, what we're going to do, how it's going to end, how it's going to begin again. And you're going to tell him, no, it's never going to happen to you. What was he thinking? Was Well, here's what he was thinking right here. Just like we just, that's why I made the introduction a while ago. He was thinking what he wanted to think. That wasn't in his game plan. That wasn't in his list of things to do that day for hearing Jesus say, here we're going to the cross. It wasn't his feelings. I don't like the way you're talking about all that, Jesus. I don't like your desires. I don't like what you're believing here. This isn't going to work. This isn't going to do anything. And so all of a sudden, Peter's right there in the middle of it, taking his thoughts, his feelings, his desires, his beliefs, saying, no, Jesus, we're not doing it that way. Do you think we would ever do something like that today? Would Jesus, God, ever reveal anything in his word that we're saying, you want me to do that? And we're saying, "Mm -mm, I'm not going to do it. I know what you're saying there, Jesus, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what I want to do. If I, don't go, if I want to go over there and you don't want me to, I don't care. I'm going to do it. Would we ever do something like that? Tell Jesus, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. How many times have we done that? And so he's getting his mind, his thoughts, feelings, desires, beliefs, and he's got Jesus assigned. He's rebuking him. Now, before we get too far into that thought of, we need to make sure we understand this word rebuke. What does rebuke mean anyway? <clears throat> rebuke means... <sighs> Express strong disapproval of someone. Express strong disapproval of someone. You ever had anybody to do that to you? Express a strong disapproval of what you're doing, how you're acting, what you're saying. We've seen that probably, haven't we? We've maybe been a part of that. We've even been one of those persons that said this. That's what he's doing to Jesus. Of all people, I strongly disapprove of what you're talking about, Jesus. I don't like what you're talking about. You need to change the subject. You need to get off this thing about going to the cross, dying and all. We're not going there. Strongly disapproving. To condemn someone. He's actually taking his Lord, his Master and Savior and condemning him and what he's saying. No, it's not going to happen like that. Dishonor and devalue someone. That's all part of rebuking. So he's dishonoring Jesus. He's devaluing what he's saying. He's got strong disapproval of him. He's condemning him. That's Peter telling that to Jesus of all things, isn't it? Can we imagine that happening today? So what was he thinking? Why why would he even go there? Why not accept what he's saying and say, okay, we're with Jesus. Why wouldn't he do that? What was he really thinking? See, he had been blessed by Jesus, and he didn't understand the master plan of death, burial, and resurrection. In Matthew chapter 16, uh, just right above where we're uh, reading there, we find that 
when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, asked his disciple, who do the people say the Son of Man is? They gathered up right before this happened right here in chapter 16 that we're reading about. And he gathered the disciples together and said, as you're going from place to place around the area buying food and so forth, who are you hearing on the streets that people say I am? Are you picking up on some things out there in the marketplace of people talking about me, Jesus? And if you are, who do they say I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say uh, Elijah. Still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But then he narrowed it down. But what about you? Who do you say that I am? Not who other people say that I am, but Peter, James, John, all the other disciples. Who do others say that I am? I need to hear that, he said first. And so uh, Peter just explained, exclaimed very clearly, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, you're blessed for saying that, Peter. You're right about saying that, Peter. How did you figure that out? Oh, wait, you didn't figure it out, did you? God revealed that to you, didn't he? And so there's where Peter was, and he, so he understood who Jesus was, and he had already confessed who Jesus was, the Lord, the Master, Savior, uh, the Messiah, the Christ, and he got all that. He understood all that, but he just didn't understand about this death, burial, resurrection. How could he do that? So he couldn't understand how Jesus could be the Messiah, the Christ, the Holy One that was to come, that prophecy had predicted for years and years and years, and die at the hands of the religious leaders. He didn't get that because, see, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, as a child, Peter knew that growing up. He knew who the counselor was going to be. He knew who the Lord was going to be. He knew who the Son of God was going to be. But also in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, but out of you, Bethlehem, though you're small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old of ancient times. And so he understood that too. So when he put those prophecies together and understood who the Messiah would be, understood who the Christ would be, and now here he is in his presence for the last three years, he just couldn't grasp this thought of him going to the cross, dying, and being handed over to the elders and suffering. He didn't get it. He didn't understand so as a result, <laughs> Peter's rebuke brought a rebuke from the Lord because Peter was playing the role of Satan. Next verse, chapter 16, verse 23. So here's Jesus being rebuked by Peter, being put down by Peter, being talked ugly to by Peter. And what does Jesus say? Jesus turned. See, Jesus didn't even have his back to him. I mean, didn't have one facing him. Jesus had turned his back on him as he's rebuking him. As Peter's rebuking him, he didn't want to face him and, and see his, you know, hear these words. And so he said, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me and you don't have in mind the things of God, but you've got in mind the things of men. You're thinking like a person thinks that's not including God in the decision-making process. You're making your own decision about what I should do, Jesus. You're deciding how this all, whole thing ought to work out. You're deciding how I should lead you. You're deciding what I ought to do for you. You're deciding how I'll lead you and how to direct you in a certain way. You're making the decision, Peter. You're not following me. You're following you. Peter, what you're doing 
is you're just taking your thoughts, your feelings, your desires, and your beliefs, and you're saying, Jesus, here's what I think you ought to do. Jesus, my feeling is about this, that you ought to come and do this. Jesus, my desires is for you to come and do that. Jesus, according to my beliefs, here's how you... You see how that works for us today? So many times we get thinking about what we want to do, how we want to do it, and we want to, God, want to get Jesus just, come on with me, Jesus. Come and get involved in my plans and my ways and my thoughts and what I want, and everything will be good. And when Jesus turned around, he said, you're, getting, you're stumbling a lot to me. He called him Satan. Satan was the very opposite of Jesus. I mean, <laughs> Satan blasphemes God. He said, you're a stumbling block to me. You're thinking like a person, not the way I want you to think, but like you want to think. And so he said he was a stumbling block to him. So what is a stumbling block anyway? It's a hindrance. It's just a hindrance to doing what God wants you to do. It's something that offends someone else. A stumbling block is offensive to somebody. That offends me when you say that. That offends me when you do that. Something that causes someone uh, to stumble or fall. It's just something... Uh, that gets in the way and you, you trip your, your foot on it and cause you to stumble or there's a block there or something there. You didn't see it, you didn't notice it, and all of a sudden you tripped over, you fell over. That's a stomach block. It's literally a trap. I have a mouse trap. I have two of them this morning. I won't point at it with my finger. I'll just point out with it with a stick. But there's a mouse trap down here, and on the mouse trap there's usually something called cheese or just simply bait. And so what happens in a mousetrap, the mouse knows there's bait there, they know there's cheese there, they smell it, they want it, so they go get it, not realizing it's right in the middle of the trap. And so when they touch the cheese, boom, there it is. Oh boy. It does it, doesn't it? Blew up too quick there. Touched it too quick. And so... That's the stumbling block. And Jesus said, you're a trap to me, Peter. You're trying to entrap me to do something you want me to do that I don't want to do. You put some bait out there for me to take the bait and say, listen to you. Okay, I won't do that. If that offends you, if that's a stumbling block to you, I won't talk about it anymore. I won't deal with that anymore. We'll just choose your way, Peter, instead of my way, and we'll go that way. Jesus wouldn't do that, you see. He says, you're stumbling block. I know what a trap looks like, he says. I know what the bait looks like. You're trying to bait me into doing something I don't want to do because it goes against God's will. Do you see how we do that? God, I really want this to happen. I really want this to go my way. I'm really asking you to, you know, do whatever it is we want him to do. I really want you to bless this thing I'm trying to decide on or get involved in or stay away from or, you know, whatever it may be. So Jesus, here's my plan. If you'll just follow my plan, then we're going to work this thing out. I get to go and do what I want to do and be what I want to be and you know all that, and you'll just be coming with me and blessing me in all the middle of it. We're setting a trap for Jesus. <laughs> but he knows what the bait looks like. It's called our thoughts, our ways, what we want, what we desire. And he says, no. He said, I don't operate like that. I don't bless your plans. He says, I bless my plans. And so my plans are this, whatever that is, that decision we're trying to come up with, and I'm asking you to follow me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and come and do it my way, not your way. 
So there's two different ways we can go there, you see. So when we make decisions from our thoughts, our feelings, our desires, and our beliefs, then we become a stumbling block to the work of Christ. Christ is trying to do something, do something in our life, trying to change us, trying to draw us to himself, trying to be the power that he wants to be within us. And we're setting that trap, we're setting that bait, we're trying to get him to do something else. And we become a stumbling block to him working in us first. He says, you're not willing to do it my way, are you? You're not willing to listen to me, are you? you got your thoughts, your ways going on. You're not listening to my thoughts, my ways. And he said, we got a problem here. You're becoming a stumbling block to my work in your life. Not only that, but you become a stumbling block to people around us because he wants, to, he wants us to get involved in his work. You know, it's not hard to find out what God's doing. All we got to do is look around, wherever we live, go to work, whatever we do, school, and just see what God is already doing. And just get involved in His work. Just say, Lord, what are you doing at my job or my school or my church or my community or my town or wherever I live, wherever I go? What are you doing as I go about my day? Oh, I see. I know exactly what you, I see what you're doing. And we just get involved in His work, whatever that may be. And it's easy to do every single day. And He just opens the door, says, come get involved in my work right here, wherever it may be, right over there, you know, something. Do you think there's any work that God's doing around this church community? Is God doing, yeah. Is there enough to do around us here that would keep all of us busy? Or is it? Okay. All right. Just, just checking. You're right, it is. I've looked around too and I've seen a lot. So when we say, Lord, uh, I'm just going to make a decision on what I want to do. Then He says, you're getting in my way in your life, but you're getting in my way of working in people around you too. Because we're living like we want to live and do what we want to do, then there's people out there that God wants us to work in and work with and go reach and teach and minister to, or whatever it is He wants to do. But if we're being a stumbling block in our own life, then we're being a stumbling block in their life, and nobody's getting anywhere. See, Peter was thinking. <laughs> and that's the hard part, isn't it? He was thinking from his personal viewpoint and his own thoughts. Jesus... Here's my view on this whole thing about dying and suffering and the cross. And Here's my whole view on it. It ain't going to happen. As long as you got me around, you don't have to worry about it. I'll cut somebody's head off. And the night he was arrested, he cut somebody's ear off. But see, he wasn't that skilled with a knife, with a sword to cut somebody's ear. He was aiming for his head. He just missed. The guy just dodged and he got his ear. And that's all he got. And Jesus told him, put your sword away. And went over, picked up the guy's ear and put it back on him. Healed him right there. And so Peter was thinking from his personal viewpoint, his own thoughts about my decision. See how that works with us? My viewpoint of what I want to do is this. Here's why I view what I want to do. I mean, it's always been a hope of mine. It's always been a dream of mine. It's always been a uh, thought of mine. It's always been something I want to do. Just, you know, I'm going to do it. i got an opportunity to do it. I'm going to invite Jesus to come join me in this because it's always something I wanted to do. And I know He'll bless me. Our viewpoint and our thoughts, rather than from the viewpoint of Jesus and His will, thus putting us on the same level as Satan, stopping the crucifixion. See, when we look at all of what God wants us to do, His thoughts, His ways, His will, His Word, and we make that decision after looking at God's Word, preaching, teaching, prayer, and Holy Spirit circumstances, and we come up with a decision that says, I still want this. I know what you want. I know what you're saying. I've read enough, heard enough. I get it, God. But I still want to do this. 
Now come and join me, Jesus. <laughs> then all we've done is got on the same level as Satan. Say, so really? Is that drastic? <laughs> is that drastic for Peter? Get behind me, Satan. He didn't call him Simon. He didn't go back to his old name. He didn't call him even Peter. He called him Satan. You're stumbling block to me. You're getting into my way, Peter. Why? Because you don't have in mind the things of God. You've got in mind the things of yours. Your viewpoint, your thoughts, your ways. This is the best way. I can fix it. I can handle it. I can deal with it. I'm smart. You know, all those things that we grow up thinking we can do and handle. And when we do that, here's what he says about us. And so when we try to tell Jesus what he should and shouldn't do, here's a better way. I figured this whole thing out. Come join me. We'll be okay. We're on the same level as Satan, just like Peter was. So what do we do about it? He said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So there at the last statement of what he made in that conversation he had with them, he said, rather than doing it your way, rather than me following you and getting caught up in a trap that you're trying to set for me with some bait that you think is good, he said, here's what you do. If you want to come after me, Deny yourself, take up the cross, follow me. So finally, when we make decisions from God's thoughts, God's ways, God's will, and God's word, then here's what's going to happen. We will deny self. We will take up our cross. And we will follow Jesus. So how are we making decisions today? If we've got some to make, how are we making them? Based on God's word, God's will, Holy Spirit, preaching, teaching, circumstances, all the things we've been looking at? Or are we just wise in our own mind, thinking about what we want, how this is going to work out, this is going to be better than what Jesus wants, and i got a good plan here, I've thought it out, i made a list, got some notes, I've figured it all out, here's the positive, here's the negative, and you know, all these sorts of things we do, and, and, and this is going to work out real good. Now come on, Jesus, <laughs> come join me. And he says, take it in your hands, wad it up and throw it away. If you want to follow me and do it my way, you got to deny self, take up your cross, and just follow me. Are we doing that today?